startup loans, if you don't know about startup loans as well, is that they they help you, don't they? Um, put a business plan together as well. They don't just sort yep. of say, you know, here's, and the average is £7,000. It's, it's a personal loan, actually. Correct. But it's definitely something, if you're looking at trying to raise finance, I've got a, on my YouTube channel, I've got a... Um, a video about the startup loans company. Have a go and have a look at that. But you can actually get up to twenty five thousand pounds per person. So if it's four of you and gets up to four, you could raise hundred k to start a business. Welcome to Screw It, Just Do It, the number one ranked entrepreneurship podcast for business owners, entrepreneurs, and those aspiring to be so. The aim of this show is to showcase the world's most inspiring and interesting people who've decided to screw it, just do it. We offer 20% inspiration and 80% education, giving you the tools and advice to start, grow and scale a successful business. I'm your host, Alex Chisnell, fellow entrepreneur, podcast agency owner with a number one podcast and startup advisor to global startup generator and early stage VC, Antler. Each week, I release two episodes, a Q&A every Wednesday with one of the world's most inspiring figures, plus a solo episode every Saturday where I cover the challenges that all of us are facing as entrepreneurs. Welcome to another episode of Screw It, Just Do It with me, Alex, and my special guest this week is me. Correct. Well, table turn. And thought I'll put it out there as an episode that I've actually got an interview with myself on my own podcast. Call me crazy, but uh, I did an interview for Piers Linney, um, probably the most featured guest on my show. I think Piers has been on here four or five times now over the last five years, like an annual appearance, basically. You'll know him from uh, Channel 4 Secret Millionaire program from Dragon's Den as a former investor. He's also founded a business called Moblox recently. And I was up at the studio creating a podcast for uh, Moblox and for Piers. And he has his own show on there and he decided to interview me. So we chatted about all things Alex Chisnell and podcasting and uh, my past, what I'm up to now, what I'm looking to achieve with Podpreneur, my podcast agency. So I thought it'd be a fun thing to do. We're coming up to five years since this podcast has been live and out in the world. I recorded the very first interviews in January 2017. Those of you who know the story will know Stephen Bartlett. who now has the number one podcast in the UK under any category was my first ever guest and took me nearly five months to get those episodes live because of, you know, all of those thoughts that maybe most of us have at one point in time in our lives that, you know, you can call it imposter syndrome. You can call it whatever you want. Um, Is anyone going to listen to this? Does anybody like my voice? All of those kinds of things. And here we are nearly five years later. I think it's going to be, and I do know the date, it's something like May the 17th. Um, So yeah, I wanted to to put this out there, this episode, uh, as an opportune time to do it, and I thought it would be a pretty pretty cool thing to to feature on my own show. So without further ado, screw it, just do it. Here's Alex Chisnell. Doesn't matter what you do, Moblox, uh, Podpreneur, um, 
we're all based business is about selling stuff. People tend to forget that sometimes. And you know, selling stuff is a it's a you know, marketing's a science. Selling stuff is a science because sales and marketing, especially digital, are very closely linked. But sales also is a profession. It's a skill set. Um, so understanding how you sell, how you nurture, how you manage that process, how you take those leads and turn those prospects into suspects and qualified um, uh, qualified sort of leads into customers. That's really important. Understanding that can be the difference between success and failure. And I guess, Alex, that this is something that you've probably seen people do, but now having to do yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's literally like the uh, the boots on the other foot from from being at Virgin Startup for a number of years and you know advising people on, on on this to then actively having to do that myself and you know build a pipeline and then manage that pipeline so that you don't end up with those those dry spells. So I think a lot of people they they forget that business is about selling. Mm. Hundred percent, and it and it is you know probably that one well one of those things that probably scare people the most, and it scared me when I started actually you know having conversations with people to actually sell them things, but I think the more like anything in life with the skills, the more you 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 embrace that, you actually find out that you've actually got some skills there that you can actually nurture because it's having a conversation with people at the end of the day, isn't it? So. Alex, I've known Alex for quite how many years is it now? Probably two, three, three. I reckon it's three and four, four, four yeah, years actually. And we we met doing the various events. Alex sort of asked me to get involved in, it. and then Alex has got a, an interesting background. He's kind of come full circle from radio to sort of podcast and audio, and it's been fascinating sort of watching Alex. And I'm quite amazed actually sometimes. I said, well, "What are you doing now?" And he's he's kind of evolved to the next level, and I can see it on Instagram wherever it might be. So Alex has been on a real journey actually. It's really interesting because he's. He supports small businesses, his content's about small businesses, he's building a small business. It's a very interesting um, sector, but quite fluid. So let's go over to my guest, uh, Alex Chisnell of uh, Podpreneur. So let's just go through the motions. Talk, tell us a bit about your your <laughs> background, which is quite interesting. Yeah, so I, I, like you said, I've, I feel like I've come full circle, you know, in the audio space because I, I went to uni in Bath, just did a really general degree, English and history, Um came out and I'd started hospital radio there, which back in the day used to be the only way to get into mainstream radio, but started hospital radio. And that led me to the BBC, BBC Radio Wales in Cardiff. Um, and I started there just shadowing um, one of the, so one of the are you Welsh? I am. I don't know. I didn't know you yeah. Welsh actually. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the first person I actually ever interviewed was Lennox Lewis. So you know, as you, as you do, as you do, it yeah. was like Frank Bruno, Lennox Lewis fight. And then it was Neil Kinnock. I think was the second interview from a labor leader. Um, and I've moved from there into, and I can't remember the name of the program, but you know, youth radio would, what it would be called at the time when you're reviewing new music that was coming out new films that were coming out new theater productions that were coming out. Um, and then I, I literally decided to, um, to see the world, joined Virgin Atlantic, started as as cabin crew, and just over the years worked my way up the ranks till I was a till I was a manager there and went as you know as high as I could go. And I'd always just had this itch that I needed to scratch, which was that I wanted to work for myself. And whether that was a result of you know being inspired by being around someone like Richard Branson, because back in the day we used to actually see him quite a lot. Well, I remember. So we talked about this. So my uh, uh, ex girlfriend quite a, a long time ago. Um, worked for Virgin as well. And this was the time where he used to have a party in his garden in Oxford. Yeah, and, and I was he, there. he'd be going around a quad bike 
with a bucket on the back of it with some wine and a cooler. <laughs> and it was that it was that big, wasn't it? You kind of knew not everybody, but it was a size where you could have a party and invite the whole company. Literally. And, and I always remember and at that time that um, you could take someone with you. So I took my brother and I always just remember him telling me the story afterwards that he wandered into the house, Richard's house. He could go into his kitchen and open his fridge. He was there and he'd put the TV on to watch the boxing. And I think it was Frank Bruno again, and having a fight. And he said, this lady um, asked him if she could make him a sandwich. And then he said, this guy came in with a beard and said, um, you're fine to carry on watching TV, but just switch the light off on your way out. And I was just like, that was Richard, you idiot. (laughs) And that was his wife oh, making you a sandwich. Oh, oh, how things have changed. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Now living on a private island. Well, yeah. So you didn't need to probably, probably can't fly anywhere now. <laughs> anyway, no. that's the thing. So, <laughs> so, you, so how did you get from that to so Virgin Startup, mm. which actually was one of the delivery partners, it's called, of Startup Loans Company, which is now part of British Business Bank, where I was actually a director, but that wasn't yeah. when you were there, was it? No, 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 no. But that's that's how it's transpired since. But um, yeah, look, I, I'd always wanted to start my own business and I had various ideas and I kind of knew that the time was right to leave because instead of going out and partying, which was kind of like standard for every trip back then or doing a bit of sightseeing, it was I was staying in my room and just researching different business ideas, everything from importing, exporting furniture through to, you know, um, opening um, kids' play areas, all, all sorts of different ideas that I had. And I was just in my room researching stuff, you know, on online. Um, and then the opportunity came up through the last recession where and my, I met my girlfriend, wife, now mother of my kids, um, on a flight, she was a beauty therapist in, in upper class. I met her on a flight to LA. Um, Nobody remembers that, do they? So you said a white, the white outfit. That's right. And you yeah. get massaged and a facial on the yeah, plane. Yeah. Oh, that's gone as well. It's gone as well because they worked out in the recession they could still uh, run an airline without needing to give the passengers a massage or, or a manicure. So they made like all 300 beauty therapists uh, redundant, you know, formally redundant. And then they opened up voluntary redundancy to everybody else. And um, I waited about a year to, to 18 months till the offer was too good to turn down because I'd always said I was going to leave Virgin Atlantic and they, they they made me off and it was like a year's salary plus two years of free flights. And I was like, if I'm ever going to go, now's the time to take it. So I, I took voluntary redundancy um, and started my first business, which was in the health and fitness space. And then we're probably on to iteration three or four now. Um, Which is, tends to be people, again, I will say this quite a lot. That's how it tends to go. It's, it's, right. it's not the first business often that makes you. Yeah. Or the one that really has longevity. Mm. It's usually the second or third one. In my case, it can be the fourth or fifth, it depends. <laughs> um, but people, you learn mm. as you go along. Absolutely. All right, yeah. keep going though. Yeah, well, you, you hope you learn, don't you? So, um, so yeah, I, I literally went through a few iterations, um, which... I got reeled back into the Virgin Group, as you kind of alluded to earlier, and um, that was through mentoring. Originally started out when I was in a health and fitness space, so started out uh, retraining as a personal trainer and then specialising in um, sports injury, and that led to me opening a bunch of sports injury clinics down in Bournemouth and Poole, Um, one in in Bournemouth, one in Sandbanks in Poole that a lot of people probably would have heard of, Um, and you know, ultimately I got invited to be a mentor for YMCA, um, going into the schools and the kids pitching their business ideas. And and that just seemed to, to get my, I absolutely loved that. And then just by some quirk of fate, um, I then was scrolling through social media. I'm sure it was Facebook back at that time. And I saw a post by a company called Virgin Startup looking for mentors. And I thought, who the hell a Virgin Startup? I've never heard of Virgin Startup. 
Um, fast forwards, and I was at the headquarters at the um, Battleship Building in, in Paddington in London and got invited to be a mentor. That led to me being invited to be a part-time business advisor, then full-time business advisor, and then delivery partner um, for for Virgin Startup, which, as you say, was one of the delivery partners for Startup Loans. So I was literally helping people from somebody who might have a bricks and mortar business like a beauty salon through to somebody who was launching an online toy business and, and helping them get a government-approved loan. Because Startup Loans, if you don't know about Startup Loans as well, is that they they help you, don't they, um, put a business plan together as well. They don't just sort yep. of say, you know, here's, and the average is £7,000. It's, it's, it's a personal loan, actually. Correct. But it's definitely something, if you're looking at trying to raise finance, I've got a, on my YouTube channel, I've got a um, a video about the startup loans company. I'll go and have a look at that. But you can actually get up to £25,000 per person. So if it's four of you, it gets up to four. You could raise 100 k to start a business. But people like yourself, when you were there, you actually help, you actually got them in and help them put a plan together. They don't just say, here's the money, off you go. No, no, it was it was literally, you know, work through the business plan, work through your financial projections, um, put forward, as you say, and we had quite a few of those, up to four people um, looking to get uh, £25,000 each to, to get 100 grand to launch a business. Um, but the average, as you say, was more like seven, £8,000. Yeah, it's about pounds. seven. It Last time I looked at it, it was seven. Yeah. And, and, you know, one of the, the biggest benefits was that... that successful applicants to the loan would get offered the opportunity to have a mentor. And we were then getting so many people who just wanted a mentor, didn't need the money. So they were applying for the minimum, like 500 pounds just to access the Oh really, the just mentor. the value of the mentor. Yeah. Quite interesting, we had quite a few people on the business as usual who, um, entrepreneurs that they they mentor. Well, actually in one case, um, one of the directors of Mobux, actually Fran, she's got a business mentoring. Yeah, Fran Bourne. Yeah, so it's Fran, you yeah. know Fran as well. So she's yeah. got a company actually does mentoring actually. So, is that the so, goal? Is that the goal business? Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, goal 17. That's it. Goal yeah, 17. Yeah, yeah. Oh, careful, I'm going to get that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, I should be around here. Um, so go, fast forward then. So how do you go from that to starting Podpreneur or it wasn't called that originally, was it? No, it was the it was name of my podcast. How do you get into podcasting? Just, uh, yeah, so, so that was literally a case of I started listening to a podcast called How I Built This by um, a production company called NPR in America. And every week it was the story of uh, somebody who built an empire, be that somebody like Airbnb or Patagonia. And at the time I just thought, I, I love these stories, but after a while it's like, okay, so everybody you're interviewing is like a billionaire who retired 30 years ago. And a lot of those lessons are timeless, but equally, a lot of those lessons, there wasn't an internet, there wasn't social media. I was just like, I would love to do something like this, not necessarily better, but different. I interview people who were still in the trenches. And my immediate thought was interview those businesses that were helping at Virgin Startup. So the idea was to, to launch a podcast for Virgin Startup. But again, having my own business now, you forget how long these organizations take to do anything. And it took them like 100 days to give me approval on the idea. And there's like 24 people had to approve. Yeah, corporate. <laughs> it's unbelievable. So in the end, I literally decided to, and, and it was on a Friday and, and they were like, Virgin Startup have approved the podcast idea. And I'd done like four interviews, I think, to start with. Um, and then it was a case, right, this is now going to uh, virgin.com. Then it's going to Virgin PR. Yeah, right, then it's right. the director of the Virgin Group. And it was just like, do you know what? Screw it, just do it. I'm just going to launch it myself. And I've never regretted doing that. At the time, I thought it'd be great to have the Virgin I, I remember uh, talking, because obviously 
I talked to Virgin Startup um, and I said, oh, Alex, yeah, it's screw it, just do it. Because what was the name Richard Branson's book. <laughs> they didn't look yeah. too happy about the fact <laughs> you were using screw it, just do it. But I doubt you could trademark that. I, I had to get rid of it and it was in red. Oh, well, right, I was okay. to get rid of the reds. And that's green. That. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it made me laugh at actually. So, 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 so what was your, so actually one quick thing, I'm going to explain this is that you touched on there. I've got another on my YouTube channel, the Piers Lenny TV, another video about how small companies and big companies should work together. And small, if you're an entrepreneur, you're Alex or myself uh, back in the day, and you're looking at, you know, making decisions, you can do it on yourself. You can do it with two or one, one of the member of your team. You go and try and work with a corporate, they'll bring, I've been involved in corporates where they'll bring 20 people to a meeting to have t to discuss and take notes and prepare for the actual meeting. And it'll, you know, when you think it's going to take a year to do something, it'll take two. So that's something you should take away from that as well. So did, did you have a, a plan then? So right, I'm going to start a podcast empire. Or was it the usual story of it was sort of piece by piece? Yeah. The, and, and the, the kind of opportunity kind of opened up as you went along. It, it, it literally did. It was, again, people, you know, mutual friends of ours who were launching an event and somebody introduced me to them and said, okay, they're launching a, a business event at the NEC in Birmingham. And um, I think it would be a really good idea for them to, as part of their marketing, something that we'll talk about later, I'm sure, but part of the marketing mix is to have a podcast and to interview those speakers that they're going to have to kind of lead up to that event and kind of drip feed that content into the audience. Um, and having done that, I decided there was an opportunity here because if there's one person wanted to do that, there were going to be more. And it was more a case of once I'd launched that and told people via social media and my existing email list that I had, even though that was for a different industry, that people were approaching me to ask me about, making a podcast for them. And we had everybody literally in a really small timescale from like the, the biggest zoo in Western Europe to the biggest supplier of shared office space in Europe and kind of everybody in so between. So they, they were looking for somebody that they saw audio podcast, we need to do one. Yeah. And they were looking for someone that could actually work with them and yeah. then bang, there you were. So the timing, the timing was right. So, so mm. let's, let's go through a couple of things. One is, Go for your your process then, because you know we, we've been working with um, you know Green Rock, another one of our um, partners, on putting this together as well, as well as your good self for our podcast as well. Yeah. So are, are we try and work with you know small businesses who are suppliers, but you know the the, the Simon, who's the founder of Green Rock, he sat me down. I said we're going to do some podcasts, we'll do a bit of YouTube, and he was kind of like, no, hang on a minute, you need strategy, mm. design, design, creative. Then you need to produce it. Yeah. We've got the team over here helping us produce it. Uh, Caroline and Ed. You've got the team to produce it and edit it. And then you've got to distribute it and then market it. So exactly. Uh, you make podcasts, obviously, mm. but obviously your podcast is a tool for marketing your business. So yep. let's just talk through that that process and how you approach it and how you would apply that as a small business. And after let's talk about the sort of the future of audio. Mm. Yeah, so so you're right with exactly that kind of timeline with with regards to the process, you know, and, it, and it's it's trying to drill down to start with. Ultimately, you know, what is the end goal of this podcast? Because what I found was a lot of people, which is fine, you know, we'll still work with those people, but it's like a tick tick boxing boxing exercise. I e. we've heard podcasts are the latest thing. We clearly need. That's like me. I get. I want to build an app. An app to do what? Um, don't know yet. <laughs> it's like, oh, an app. Yeah. So it's just trying to, you know, that initial strategy piece as to you know what is the ultimate goal that you want to achieve from launching this podcast and then now more of a conversation is around 
bringing the video element into that podcast as well. And then the other element is the live element because there's this huge proliferation of, of, of social audio apps as well, uh, as well as the obvious things like Instagram lives and LinkedIn lives, et cetera. So it's, it's getting super clear on that strategy, getting you know super clear on who that ideal listener is going to be, you know, what actions do you want that listener to do? What are they doing when they're listening to your podcast? And that will determine things like how long is your podcast going to be and the subject matter, but it's just getting super clear on that for the strategy, because then you can, you can work through the actual design and coming up with like, you know, the cover art for your podcast the music that's going to come, that's going to come with it before you then kind of go down into, you know, the nuts and bolts of, you know, what equipment you're going to need to record your, your first interview. Um, we'll come back to that. He will come back to <laughs> yeah. that. And then onto things like you said, you know, hosting that podcast so it can actually live somewhere that people can listen to it, um, distributing it to all these different channels from Spotify to Apple. And then it is, like you say, that the, the hardest thing I always say is launching a podcast. The second hardest thing is is growing the podcast, you know, building that that community and attracting more people to it, which is all about, you know, the ongoing marketing on a, on a weekly basis, be that through, um, you know, email, social media, et cetera, et cetera. So it's already though. So, you know, some people think, oh, that's quite interesting. I'll go, I'll go bring up Alex and pay him. <laughs> but the other people that um, just can't afford that, but they still want to create a podcast, even if, you know, it's something they, they do understand their customer. It might be a very niche one. And it doesn't cost in to actually put all that production expense into it. So yeah. if you're in that situation, what, what's your advice in terms of how would you go about it? And you know, distribution as well, something I didn't fully understand. I've done, mm. I've done a few podcasts, even for some big banks. Yeah. I, I didn't understand it either. Mm. So what are the top tips if you don't really have a budget? Yeah, well, in, do you know what? I, I remember interviewing somebody called Maria Hatzis-Stefanis from Rodiel, which is like $100 million beauty company. And um, we'd start geeking out on podcasting because she's got her own podcast and she literally used to take, you know, one of these around the world with her and she'd be interviewing people like uh, one of the Kardashians, Kylie, Kylie Jenner was fronting her campaign for one of her beauty products. So she'd be interviewing Kylie Jenner's makeup artist and she'd uh, literally have my phone, an app on my phone that was free from the app store with a clip on mic for each of you with a, you know, one of those splitters yeah. that you can plug two of them in, plug it into your phone. And again, I would say for most people, that's not ideal to start like that because the sound quality isn't the best. But at the end of the day, if that's just going to be another barrier for you to starting a podcast and don't let it be a barrier, you could literally start, as I say, with, you know, the phone that you already own with the free apps that come with it. And you might spend £15 on a clip-on mic from Amazon if you want to get started. And then if you've got any budget, what you can then, we'll come on to distribution in a minute, what you can then do, if you can find someone even on Fiverr or one of the um, um, sort of uh, freelancer websites, is get someone to understand to use, you know, an audio editing tool. And you'd be amazed what they can turn some pretty poor quality audio into. Yeah, abs absolutely. And, you know, see quite a lot of people that, we work with who would then have somebody in-house that can learn how to do that. But yeah, to start with, you can literally go on, like you say, freelancer.com or fiverr.com and, and pay somebody in another part of the world to, to edit something I for learned, you. I'm mainly attentive, you know. But, so I learned Premiere Pro to do some video editing, but I don't have the time. And I started learning um, Audition, which is another Adobe product. Yeah, that's what I started on. Yeah, and <laughs> even things like where if you've got background noise, you can record the background noise and then, and then basically take it out. Yeah. It's, it's amazingly powerful things. So what about distribution? So you made your podcast now on your phone with your two, they're called lav mics, mm -hmm. two little mics, so you know, journalists wear. Then what? 
So how do you get people to listen to it? So you, like like a website, it needs to live somewhere. So you, you, you know, literally upload your content to a hosting platform. And that um, costs something. Yeah, and it's like it's the, the Adobe audition that you said, you know, like, you know, to have that on a monthly basis is literally something like 20 pound a month. Likewise, the hosting platform is like 20, 25 pounds a month. There is a free one that funnily enough, Spotify now own called, called Anchor. And you can actually, you know, which is, is a great it, tool it to start with. that. Yeah. They've acquired two more, haven't they, as well? They have, yeah. yeah. yeah Spotify's yeah. going big into podcasts, yeah. They've just bought the biggest analytics company. I'm actually just liaising with the Spotify media department to get an interview with these two guys who, I don't know how many millions they've got yeah, from okay. Spotify, but it's like the biggest analytics platform. Um, but yeah, you would, you would find somewhere to, somewhere to host it so it can live somewhere, and then you would literally just hook up the different distribution channels. So, you know, you want your podcast to be heard absolutely everywhere that people listen to podcasts. So be that now these days through, you know, Amazon Music, Audible, Google, Spotify, Apple, and a gazillion other platforms that, that people want to, and, and apps that people listen to to podcast on. So it's just, you know, so already, if you're work. not technical though, you're probably going to need to start to need a bit of help to do that kind of stuff. It's not the hardest thing in the world, but I'm obviously going to say that, but it's like, once you've done it once, yeah, you can teach anybody there's to do it. There's all the YouTube video telling you how to do it. Yeah, there's going to be a gazillion of that. So you've recorded on your, you've recorded it, however you have recorded it, you've got your platform in terms of distribution. Let's talk about marketing it then. So how, yeah. how do you go about it? I don't know, I talk a lot about um, uh, content market fit. So one thing, um, just talk to the audience. So one thing on uh, Moblox that I always talk about is product market fit. You put up your market, understand your customer, iterate your marketing so you get it just right. Same with content is that, you know, we're, we're going to try this today of Alex and we're going to try, you know, we're talking about Cotswold Wears Wallet um, and we're going to put things on shelves. We're going to try different sort of segments and see what works. We're going to do competitions and eventually we're going to ask you, that's the key to it, actually. Ask target customers what works for you. We're going to ask you what's working. Based on that, we'll improve our content. So over time, that's the other thing, is look at the data, look at the feedback, and you'll find from that feedback, you'll, you'll find this content market fit to help you sell more. But how do you go about marketing it then? So which is different to just having it on, it's like in a website, mm. there's SEO, there's paid ads. Yeah. What's equivalent in um, audio? Yeah, so it's not dissimilar to what you said before with regards to, you know, testing, testing, and, and testing again. So um, what we what we would do is, you know, as part of the process, as, as part of an agency, is, is create a bunch of different assets that you can share across whatever platforms your audience are social is an obvious one. Social is an obvious yeah. one. You know, be that through you know any of the social media platforms that are out there. You know, you literally create you know graph. And I'm, what I'm talking about is you you could have uh, a static image. You could have uh, a quote from. Uh, the episode that you had and you could put that against a, a, a picture you could have an audiogram which is you know some of the the the, the audio against the set of images with with subtitles or radio school, wave going through it. Love radio wave, yeah. yeah and if you are videoing that podcast as well like we're doing today um then you can get video clips you can get audio clips um you can get static artwork again it's just finding you know, what resonates most with your audience. And again, you're only going to get that with, you know, launching your podcast, trying different types of graphic assets on, on all of those different media platforms, email as well. Um, and then doubling down on, you know, what works, getting rid of what doesn't work, looking at what other people in your space are using on social media and not copying that, but modeling it for your, for your audience. And again, something you, you just mentioned a minute ago, you know, look at the data. So, 
after a little while, um, you'll be able to see, um, you know, different metrics and it will show you when your audience is dropping off. So if you... Or when to publish it as well, when they're listening. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The ideal time to, to publish it. And again, at what point is your audience dropping off? So if your show is an hour long and your audience is, which has happened with a client, the audience is dropping off after 30, 35 minutes, you're kind of wasting your time by putting an hour's worth of content. You either split that into two episodes or you, you know, get a bit more focused and put out a 30 minute episode instead. So it's, it, it's looking at the data, it's, it's testing stuff over time. And it's also, you know, leveraging the guests that you have on the show, getting them. Um, and that's quite, um, that's quite hard work. <laughs> so you know, I mean, you're here today and we've had a couple of people testing out what we're doing here because um, we know you, but when you start getting into, and as people have, con people have a podcast agencies, as, as we know, and getting a guest, getting them in, making sure they turn up and doing the research, <laughs> you know, that, that can be a job in itself, actually. It, and it is a job. In itself, exactly. So, I mean, I do, I do think, and I always say, I think you can, if you are, you know, solopreneur and you want to put a podcast out there, you want to engage with your audience via audio, i.e. your audience listens to podcasts, therefore, why wouldn't you want to communicate to them via the, via the medium audio? You know, you can get away with, with you know, spending, you know, an hour researching a guest, an hour conducting the interview, and then, you know, a couple of hours a week um, marketing that. But it's, it is one of those things, like how long is a piece of string? Because you could but, but then the, the secret is any content, which, you know, I've tried YouTube, which is hard work as well, yeah. is um, consistency. It is, you know, it the is thing. everyone, you know, you see these YouTube, you know, um, massive YouTube channel, you look at it, you think flipping out, you know, how have they done that? And you, look, and you go and look at the videos, and they started 11 years ago yeah. and they've been putting up two, three videos a week for mm. 11 years. Yeah. And that's, that is what it takes. And then it, you will get that tipping point and it's just, it's the same with podcasts. And I think, you know, one of the most um, commonly held views is that podcasts are, are saturated like YouTube is, but that's definitely not well, the case. Or you said about radio, you said about TV, you said about the I internet. Know, exactly. It's a question of finding a, a voice and finding your audience and connecting the dots it isn't it and it's literally if you say you're going to put a new episode out every week at 6 p.m on a sunday you need to deliver that at that time on that day on a weekly basis because as soon as you don't your audience will be the first to let you know about it yeah, they'll go somewhere and then else you, and then they'll go somewhere else yeah so one thing um one thing alex and i were spent <laughs> the last two years a lot of people did actually is uh, on these audio apps so you'd be aware of things like uh, Clubhouse. That was the big one, which kind of went from zero to becoming huge. I think it's gone more or less back to zero again now. But it's quite interesting about the, the, the power of these things in terms of bringing people together and what people thought they would go. Um, I think people have a lot of time in their hands. So Alex, what's your, what's your view on those apps, but also just the future of audio generally? That's a big question, I know. But. It's a really big question. Um, yeah, and I think, remember, at the time it went from, I can't remember what the valuation, but up to like a four billion valuation for, for Clubhouse probably this time last year. Um, and there's, and, and I think it's definitely the fact that people were at home and they couldn't leave their houses due to lockdown. So people were searching for that connection. And I think it was just the perfect wave for that thing at that time. But there had been, you know, the years leading up to that, a lot of talk in the audio industry saying, you know, where is the so next social media platform going to come from? Is it going to come from audio? Because how can the hosts of a podcast um, communicate, engage with their audience more effectively? So it kind of brought this live... Which kind of, kind of makes, still makes sense. It, it totally, like, makes, totally makes sense. We've got, we've got um, yeah. 
Um, what's it call it? Also, has got one. You got you got call, f- Facebook audio, now, Facebook audio. You got Fireside, which was the um, what's the name? Mark Cuban, Spotify, Sp- Spotify's Green Room, um, and you know, there's more and more coming out. You know, by the minute. Um, so I think it, it still works, and I just wonder whether it will be a case of every social media platform will just have an audio aspect to so we it. We try calling, work. calling apps. This is. Um, is it um, the, one of the founders of um, Spotify? And then, you know, the All In podcast, the US. He's one of the guys on there, actually. I don't Dave, know. David Davis Sachs. Oh, anyway, okay. yeah, a yeah, call yeah, in where you can have like a, a conversation and it turns it into a podcast. Mm. But no one's really, from what I can see anyway, no one's really cracked it. No. Why is that? Why? Because audio to me makes sense because I, I don't have to watch. I can be driving, I can be doing anything, do whatever I'm doing. Mm. Um, not that I am much, but quite frankly, these days. But, um, why haven't, do you think none of them have quite cracked it? I think it's, you've, you've literally had Clubhouse and nobody else. And now, you know, LinkedIn are bringing out their own. That would be an interesting one. Which yeah. would be an interesting one. I've got, you know, there's there's 200 people uh, beta testing it worldwide. And by strange coincidence, coincidence one of our clients is, is one of them, um, Robert Hanna, who I'll give a shout out to. But he was saying it's way behind where, where Clubhouse is and he doesn't see it coming out anytime soon. But I think it's a case of, you know, you had one with Clubhouse, now you've got maybe seven or eight. So I think maybe that initial interest that was in Clubhouse has now dissipated across a whole range of different platforms. And, you know, the likes of LinkedIn are trying to catch up to where Clubhouse is. And you think how easy it would be for someone who already uses LinkedIn as maybe a networking tool or recruitment tool to go and listen to a live audio stream on there rather than having to go to the app store, download something. And I think we've all clearly gotten busier. People's businesses, lives have, have picked up. So I think the, the amount of time that people can spend on on those apps has dissipated as well. But, you know, hopefully over time, I still think there's a, there's a massive opportunity there for somebody to, to own that space. I mean, who it'll be probably the same as when MySpace came came out as the first social media platform. You're showing your age now. I am showing my age. <laughs> <laughs> so so what what are you we're trying to try and keep we're trying to keep these short as well. So I can talk to you for hours about this and we probably will continue talking. But so yeah. what are your if you had to sort of sum up then and we've touched upon quite a few of them, what are the, the top tips then? So you're a small business, you understand these podcasts, you've seen them, you listen to them. What are the top tips to actually, you know, get out there and at least try it? I think like anything it's it is Biggest, the hardest thing is just starting. Just doing it. Just doing it. Just literally, you know, start now, get perfect later, you know, that kind of mentality. So, you know, if it's a cat, I mean, I had somebody um, who, who, who emailed me or directly messaged me and said, um, we'd love to know your advice. Um, launching a podcast, um, we've recorded 34 practice episodes. I've got another 20 in the pipeline. I went, can I just stop you there? Wow, that's a, that's a year's worth of content. Exactly. I said, forget recording any more episodes. Just get it out there, you know, just yeah. get it out there. Um, and whether that's a case of, you know, yourself and and a friend or a couple of friends jumping on a Zoom call and recording that that conversation about you talking passionately about whatever you're interested in, I don't know, football, um, small businesses, wh- whatever it might be, but just recording that and ultimately, you know, enjoying that experience. If you enjoy it, you've, you've got the recorded content. Now just get it out to the world, put it on a hosting platform, get it live, um, and don't overthink it. Like most people, yeah. they want to work on getting it 100% perfect. There is no perfect. Especially if you, you're talking about something as specific or you have a, a deep understanding of or it's very particular to your 
your niche audience, your customer base, mm. because it's about communicating and adding value, isn't it? And, you know, I think the only thing I'd say about audio is your sound quality has got to be reasonable. Yeah. The, the human brain will take a dodgy looking picture in. If audio is bad, it, it just switches off. If it's bad. Yeah, absolutely. Again, it doesn't need to be perfect, but it needs to be half decent. Um, and I think, you know, it, it's absolutely a case of, you know, getting something out there, iterating it um, till you, you ultimately improve it. It's about providing value. If, you, if you're passionate about something and you've got some degree of knowledge or expertise about something, well, you know, where that sweet spot is, well, then, may, you know, that should be something that you should be looking to, to talk about and, and be that in audio form, be that in video form, be that in a written form. form. And you're starting a video podcast now. I can tell because you keep looking into the camera. I'm copying, <laughs> I'm copying your lead and I'm taking that and I'm like looking over there. there. But, but more, more and more of them. And that's definitely been something from the last, I would say, six to nine months. It's like with me with this. So I think that if I'm talking into the camera at you about what we're doing, that's one thing. So I start talking to you, it feels like a video podcast. So <laughs> it does. It's yeah. actually how you see it's kind of merging together almost because you could listen to this conversation in audio only. Mm. You might miss the websites you've been looking at, things like that. But yeah. you get the gist of it because we're explaining what you're out there. Mm. Well, I'm going to wrap this one up. So... Thank you for coming in, You're um, Alex. It's really Pleasure. interesting. I think we might we might have to do a proper podcast. You need to get back on your podcast, actually. Yeah, do a, do a dual one. If you'd like to learn how to launch and grow your own number one rated podcast like this, with zero experience, zero knowledge, and zero tech skills. Come and join me at ultimatepodcastmastery.com where I've just launched for a limited number of people a brand new podcast membership course. So you'll get access to my Ultimate Podcast Mastery membership course. You'll get my digital workbook, my progress sheet, my launch checklist, and all of the nitty-gritty cheat sheets, templates, and scripts the Podpreneur way. You'll also get weekly live Q&A with me, exclusive WhatsApp group chat, and entry to my private Facebook group, as well as access to all my past interviews and trainings with special guests as well. This is available for a limited time for a limited number of people. So once it's gone, it's gone. But if you'd like to learn how to do exactly what I'm doing now, then I'll show you how. Head on over to ultimatepodcastmastery.com. If you found value in this free podcast, all I ask is that you tell somebody else about it. You don't have to leave a review or write a post on social tagging me in the screw it, just do it hashtag. But if you do, I promise to give you a shout out on a future episode and you have my eternal thanks. I'm at Alex Chisnell on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook, plus at Alexander Chisnell on Instagram. Alongside the Screw It, Just Do It Facebook page, this houses the Screw It, Just Do It community and has the most up-to-date information on all things Screw It, Just Do It, including all of our live events. I love hearing from you if you either message me on LinkedIn or email alex at screwitjustdoit.org. I promise to reply. Just give me a little time. Thank you.